Proverbs 4:23 in the NIV. It says this. It says, "Above all else, guard your heart." Say, "Above all else, I am to guard my heart, for everything flows from it. Everything flows from my heart. Everything that I do, the life that I live today." It flows from my heart. Everything is flowing from that place. Above all else, in other words, no matter what, no matter what act of service you may do, no matter what warfare, no matter what worship, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, everything above all else. In other words, the most important thing that you could ever do with your whole life is to guard your heart. Say, I'm going to guard my heart. I'm going to learn. Areas that maybe I need to do a better job at guarding my heart tonight. Say tonight is a new is a new day for me, and I'm going to walk in something new that's going to transform my life. Thank you, Father, for showing me the truth. Amen. So above all else, above everything else that you could possibly do with your life, the Bible says that we must guard our heart. To guard is to watch. It's to keep. To keep from danger, to guard is to pay attention. Pay attention. It's time to pay attention to your heart. Everything flows from it, right? It's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth is going to what? Speak. That's Luke six forty-five. The NIV says the mouth will speak what the heart is full of. The mouth, your mouth is going to speak whatever your heart is full of. So when your heart is full of what is good, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable, right? When, when your heart is full of what is good, your mouth is going to speak of such thing. When your heart is full of bitterness, complaining, you want to get up, sweetheart? Can, can somebody help? Yeah, if they want to get up. Um, if, when your heart is full of complaining or bitterness or jealousy or disappointment or discouragement, then out of your heart, that's what's going to come forth. Right? Am I talking to a church that's paying attention this evening? Okay, we need a little feedback. I need a little feedback here. It's like you guys, this is not a cemetery. Let, re, repeat after me. This is not a morgue. Okay? Okay, nobody's dead. No one died. We're alive. Are we alive? We're alive in Christ. Okay. Praise God. Whew. Otherwise, I have to bring, I'm going to have to bring you back to life, which we do have the power to do. If you want to know what your heart is full of, listen to yourself talk. Listen to your talk. If you want to know what's in your heart, if you value who God made you to be, if you value who God made to you to be, then you're going to protect your heart. You're going to protect what, God, what is allowed in there. You're going to protect what's in your thought life. You're going to protect what's in your heart, right? So let's take current events, for instance. Current events. Be careful of having a judgmental attitude about things that are going on. Church like I said before, yeah, like I said before, the church must wake up. Sleeping giants awake. I preached that message already, right? Be careful that as you are looking around and you're talking about things, that it's not with a judgmental heart. Like you can state what's obvious and you certainly can be praying and you should be praying and you should be praying with authority, but watch your heart. You don't want to get to the end of a thing and 
find out that somewhere along the line your heart turned bitter and therefore you disqualified yourself from the prize. Say, I'm not going to disqualify myself from the prize. Now, I'm just using current events. It could be anything. It could be anything that you allow in your heart, right? So we gotta be, we got to remember, be careful. We're going to pray, but we're not going to allow a judgmental, a judgmental attitude, a judgmental spirit, a critical spirit to come in and to settle in, right? We, if that happens, deal with it. Deal with it. So either God is defending you from your enemies, right? Either he's defending you from your enemies, or he says, or defending you from those who rise up against you, or you are fighting your own battles in the flesh. Look at Psalm 59, 1 and 2. We'll put that up on the screen. Psalm 59, 1 and 2. Hallelujah. <laughs> it says, deliver me from my enemies, O my God. Defend me from those who rise up against me. This is, this is a prayer that David prayed right? Defend me, oh God, from my enemies. Oh God, defend me from those who rise up against me. Prayers that you pray like this keep you in a position of walking in humility, but yet in power, knowing that the battle is the Lord's and you, but you are called to the front line, but you're called to walk with a heart that's going to give God glory, right? Amen. So we're not going to fight any battle in the flesh. That's what happens. Sometimes people, they'll start off in the spirit, but they'll switch on over to the flesh. Say, not on my watch. I choose today to make sure I'm walking in the spirit. I'm walking in the spirit. I want you to say over yourselves right now, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over anything that's trying to stop the will of God in my life. Yeah, I want you to say it over yourself. In the name of Jesus... I take authority over anything that's trying to stop the will of God in my life. I speak to my soul, go down. It doesn't get to be in charge. I speak to my spirit man, rise up and attach to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's in charge of my life. And I'm going to walk in the spirit. I'm not going to walk in the flesh. I'm not going to gratify the desires of the flesh. So today, I'm going to listen. And I'm going to heed the voice of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen? You know what, church? It is really, really, really important that we take this message to heart. Take this message to heart because whatever you have today is what you have been thinking about yesterday, the yesterdays of your life. So whatever you allow in today is really just a byproduct of what you're going to get tomorrow. You know, today's life, your current situation is really what you've allowed in your heart. Can I get a witness tonight? Whatever you're looking at right now, however your life looks like, I am telling you, it is, it is everything about what you have allowed. How you've acted. What, don't you be blaming God for something he says is in your court. Oh, maybe nobody told you this. Maybe you don't like to hear this. It's truth. It's truth, which actually just puts, it puts everything in your corner. It puts everything in your reach. In other words, if you want to see something different tomorrow, you better start acting different. Say, I'm going to act different. I'm going to live differently. And no matter what, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. When I want to say something that's going to walk, it's basically in the flesh, I will not. I'll shut it down. It's a choice, right? 
And so God wants so much for you. Do you believe, and I'm asking you a question right now, do you believe that God wants you, every one of you, to be a glory carrier today? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to help you get there. That's what I'm doing. I'm trying to help all of us. Do you know that God wants us to walk in unity? And that when we walk, when we praise in unity, when we, we worship in unity, we come together in unity, one heart, one mind, that there is a greater outpouring that he can do because he sees a hungry group of people and no one in that crowd is, is grieving the Holy Spirit. Right? So it's all about our heart, which is all about us and our ability to change things. So, so you, are, you are called by God to be a carrier of his glory. There should be power coming forth from your life. Look at your hands right now for a moment. I want you to look at your hands. These hands, these hands are, are the hands of Jesus because he lives inside of you. When you lay your hands upon the sick, you should expect miracles. You should expect a power encounter. You should expect people to be healed, to be, to be delivered. You should expect people to get saved. You should expect that when you pray, there is such a release of God's glory and God's goodness because you know what you carry and you know how to release it. And you know that this vessel is a clean vessel that's going to give honor and glory to God. Because uh, it's up to me to be a keeper of my heart. And when I keep my heart right, then my life is going to go right. Amen? Amen? So, I, so we are, we're all called to be carriers of his kingdom, glory carriers. But I'm just trying to help you out. When you look at your hands, I want you to look at these hands as vessels that God wants to use. I want you to look at these hands and say, Father, your word does not lie. And when you said, I will lay my hands upon the sick and they shall recover, when you said in your word, when you said this in your word, that, that, that demons are going to flee, when you said that these are the signs that are going to follow believers, then Father God, if, there's, if I'm not seeing it, the problem is not on God's end, it is on my end, right? We are the church of God, the ecclesia. And the ecclesia needs to stand up and look like and act like the church. God has called you to govern. God has called you to govern, to look upon the affairs of men. God has called you to be the head and not the tail, right? So when you feel you're down or discouraged or you don't know how to get there, you got to realize that you have just exchanged God's rightful position for you for something that's inferior. And you don't want that. So do the quick exchange. Get rid of it and stand in your rightful position, church of God. You're called. You're called by God. Vessels of his glory and vessels of his honor. So we're going to look at two two Bible characters tonight. We're going to look at Judas Iscariot and we're going to look at Caleb. We're going to look at two men. One guarded their heart, right? And the other did not. I'm sure you know of the story, the stories. One received the promise, the other, the punishment. Judas Iscariot, he was, he was one of the disciples, right? Disciples of Christ. He was one of the 12 apostles. He was mentored by Jesus for three and a half years. He watched the miracles. He watched the multiplication. He saw, he saw the food divided, right? The little boy's lunch. He saw the dead come to life. This man walked with Jesus. He saw these things. He had the ability to ask him questions. He had the ability to hear his heart. 
powerful. It's powerful. He sat at the table with him at the Last Supper, right? And we know that he betrayed him with a kiss, right? He betrayed Jesus with a kiss. He betrayed Jesus with a kiss to reveal his identity so that Jesus's identity could be revealed. But in the kiss, his own identity was also revealed. Don't even doubt that for one moment. You know, Proverbs 27, 6 says, kisses of an enemy or wounds of a friend. Which one would you rather have? Kisses of an enemy or wounds of a friend? Let, let's, let's turn to, yeah, you, you, want, you want wounds of a friend. You don't want kisses of an enemy. You know, I'm not here to flatter you. I've told you that time after time after time. And you don't want that. You don't want that. You want someone that's going to love you enough to tell you the truth. You're, you're going to want somebody that, that's going to move in signs and wonders, but is going to have their feet planted in the word of God so that we can all safely move in the gifts. Right? You need, we all need this. We all need this. Because I'm telling you, there's so many more things God wants to do in and through every single one of you. Everyone, there's, every one of you. Because if you have his spirit, if you have his spirit within you, then why not? Say, why not? Why not? Amen. So, John 12, 6. John 12, 6. I'm going to read to you what John 12, 6 says. So, then he said, not that he cared for the poor. This is the story of the anointing of Bethany when, when he was all indignant he was getting indignant because, the, you know, because she was lavishing the perfume, right? The anointing oil. And, and so he says, you know, he says, wow. He says, um, in verse 6, he didn't care. He says, but because he was a thief, that he had the money box, and he used, he used to take what was put in the money box. So here we have Judas. He was, he was used to taking out of this money box what was in there. Greed. Greed was marking his life, right? I need you guys to stay. Uh, I, I need you guys to stay in there, like connect, okay? Don't disconnect. Nope. I'm telling you. Sin is progressive. And if left unchecked, unchecked, it will destroy you. Sin is progressive. And if it's left unchecked, it will lead to destruction. Judas did not wake up one day and say, how did I find myself here? He may have asked the question, but it didn't happen overnight. He may have been totally oblivious, but deep down inside, he knew. We all know when we've missed the mark. Is that not true? true. Yes, absolutely. So he also had full potential. Judas had full potential to do something great with his life, but he did not. He did not guard his heart. It's all about the heart, church. It is all about the heart. And so because he didn't guard his heart, you know what he did? He gave the enemy an entry point. He gave the enemy an entry point. That's exactly what happens with us too. When we don't guard our heart and we allow our heart to remain unguarded, we give access to demonic powers. You don't just blame a demon for your sin problem. You blame you for the sin problem. It is not a demon first. It is a sin problem first. It is a flesh problem first. It may turn into a demonic problem because you leave it unchecked for so long that you've got all kinds of critters now that are helping you out, but it didn't start as a demonic problem. 
Do I get an amen in this church? Are we all on the same page? Because we're not going to blame everything on a demon and take no kind of responsibility. But you know there are people that do that. They just want to blame everything on a demon. They just want to blame. And we believe in casting out demons. We do it just about every single service. Just about every single service. There's somebody that's getting delivered, even when we don't tell you that's happening, for those that have eyes to see. But we don't blame situations automatically. We need to take ownership. So Judas, you know, opened himself up to demonic control. He opened himself up because sin is progressive. Turn to John 13, verses 26 and 27, and I'm going to read it to you from here. But John 13, 26 and 27, Jesus answered, and he said, It is he to whom I shall give a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of of Simon. Let's go to the next scripture. Now, after the piece of bread, look at what happened. Read it with me. Satan entered him. What happened after the piece of bread? Jesus said, okay, he knew what he was going to do, right? He said, Satan entered him. Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Wow. Wow. You know 2 Timothy 2.26. I'm just going to tell you, you can write this down. But Satan has a will, and he wants to take people's wills captive. He wants to take people's wills captive. Prisoner. Right? Judas left everything. He left everything. To follow Jesus. What happened? Satan entered him. He at one point, at one point, he left everything to follow Jesus. He didn't start out this way, church. Right? He left everything, but then because of not guarding his heart, things started to change. When you go over to John 13, verse 2. Let's put up John 13, verse 2. Here it says, and supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, the son of, Simon, son of Simon, to betray him. The devil having already put it into the heart of Judas. Judas still had a choice. Because if the devil, when he comes knocking at your door, that's when you need to slam it shut. That's when you need to start, you need to repent for whatever you need to repent about. And then you need to start rejoicing and praising God. Slam the door shut. You might say, yeah, but see, Judas, he put it in his heart. He put it in his heart because he did and guard it. The reason that you, it says Satan entered his heart is because he didn't guard it when he had the opportunity. So if there's aught in your heart right now, you allowed it to stay for so long that Satan is plaguing you, he's after you, he'll, he'll continue. Let me tell you, church, I, I got to tell you something right now. The church needs to wake up. We've been talking about the church needing to wake up, right? And, and repentance starts where? In the house of God. Do you want to get, do you want to go forward in the things of, of the Lord? Do you want to be that kingdom that is not divided, but united, moving in signs and wonders? Then we have one way to get there. 
And that one way is coming with the blood of Jesus saying, Father, I have sinned. Lord, forgive me. Lord, I recognize that my heart is not right. And some of you are going, well, I haven't sinned. Sin is missing the mark. Sin is grieving the heart of God. Sin is so many little things. And let me tell you, maybe you don't hear messages about sin too often. Well, you do at this church. But maybe you don't hear other places. But you need to. You need to. Because I'll tell you something right now. You're going to want to walk in the purity of God's gifts. Well, you're not going to get there unless you make sure your heart is right. And that's a daily thing. That's a moment-by-moment -moment thing. That means day-by-day. -day, Father, search my heart. See if there be any wicked way within me. Let me, if I, if I don't have clean hands, Father, then I'm asking you, Lord, to, to cleanse my hands and, and give me a clean heart. I don't want my will. I want your will. Let his will be done in your life. And that's something that we learn to die daily. When we learn to die daily, instead of making that rude comment, instead of, instead of saying that, that rude remark, we die to self because Jesus wants to give you so much more. We talk about pressing into him a lot. We talk about the glory being poured out a lot. And I believe that's what's happening in there, our services. Absolutely. But I know God wants to move us into so much more. But there is one way to go. There cannot be sin. You cannot be walking in sin. You cannot be walking in sin that's not repented of. Amen? So when I come with a message like this, that's because God is wanting to speak to some people to wake up. Because we've got to guard our heart. No one else is in charge of guarding our heart but us. And this is the way we do it. You know, Judas did not end well. That cannot be your story. Say, it's not going to be my story. So the devil will try to entice you, of course. He will try to entice you. He tries and sometimes maybe succeeds. But it is up to you with what you do with the thoughts and the attitudes that are coming that's going to determine the course of your life. Fully, 100%. Well, uh, let's turn to Matthew 27 because, you know, unconfessed sin always always opens the door to satanic power. People go, gosh, how, how, what happened? You know, how could, how could that, all that wicked, how could that have happened? It's so satanic. Un, I'm just going to give you a little hint if you don't already know. But unconfessed sin will lead to demonic presence in your life. It'll, it will lead to Satan's power. So the, I tell you these things because I want you to know so that you're wise, wise, wise. Let every, every person right now in this room wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I command right now any and all spirits of sleep and slumber to get out of this room. If I see something, you know I'm going to call it. I, if every sleep and slumber spirit in this room, get out. Get out. Get out right now. Because you're going to hear this. I'm not going to have no devil putting you to sleep on my watch. If you have to stand up, stand up. Yes. Before God. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to tell me all your sin. I mean, you can. 
James, it talks about it, confess your sins, but you, but before God, go before the Lord and repent. Do you know that, the, and I'm going to jump ahead in a minute here, but I want I'm going to give you this scripture because first uh, John three twenty one, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. If our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. So our hearts are not going to condemn us if we make going before the Lord and repenting a daily habit. Daily, sometimes moment by moment. But make that your habit. Say, Father, I don't want my heart to condemn me. I want to come before your throne with confidence. So therefore, if I know that I have asked you to search my heart, then I'm not going to have this, I'm not going to have this timidity when I come before God. I'm going to approach his throne with boldness, with confidence, knowing that he hears me and he answers me because I have a clean, there's, there's, there's a direct communication because I guard my heart and I get it right when it's wrong. Right? So important. So Judas was remorseful, but yet he hung himself, church. He was remorseful. He felt sorry. He felt sorry. You could feel sorry. You could be remorseful and not be truly repentant. Two big, completely different things. Okay, thank you. You put up, you put up Judas, uh, Matthew 27, 3 through 5. So then Judas, his betrayer, seeing that he had been condemned, was remorseful. And he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. Because he was bribed, right? He took the bribe. And saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? You see to it. And then he threw down the pieces of silver in the temple and he departed. And he went and he hung himself. Wow. Tell me. Tell me. Who put him up to it? Of course the devil did at that point. But all the opportunities that he had to get his heart right, he didn't take them. He may have been remorseful. In other words, I'm sorry that I was caught. I'm sorry that I was caught. Don't be sorry that you were caught. Wrong. Repentance is, I'm sorry that I grieved the heart of God. Father, break my heart. Lord, for the things that break your heart, Pray that prayer. Be sorry that your heart, it grieved his heart. You ask him. Because you can't make your heart feel that way, can we? We can't make our heart feel that way. But we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us that kind of a heart. We can ask the Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, would you break my heart for the things that break your heart? Would you give me such a deep sense of repentance? Not that I stay and beat myself up over it for years on end, but so that when I realize, oh my gosh, I've missed the mark. I, I spoke out of turn there. It could be so simple as, well, I had the wrong thought. Okay, Lord, forgive me. I don't want anything. I don't want anything at all to get in the way of my communication with my divine lover, with the lover of my soul. I don't want anything to grieve the Holy Spirit. Nothing. So ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him to, to give you that kind of a heart. So repentance is, I'm sorry that I grieve the heart of God, and I choose to turn. I choose to turn and go the other way. I choose to turn from wickedness. You know, um, King David... King David sinned, right? But King David was repentant. King Saul sinned. But King Saul was only remorseful. He was only remorseful. And what did he say? He's like, oh, you know, bless me, you know, one more time before the people. He just wanted to look good in people's eyes. He didn't want, let me tell you, God knows the difference. He knows the difference, 
And we've got to have a heart that's repentant and not one that's only remorseful. But you know, King Saul lost everything. He lost everything. The kingdom was removed from him. Come on, this is heavy. It's true though. And God is the same. So a, a lack of true repentance will remove and replace you from position. What happened to Judas? A lack of true repentance is going to remove you and replace you. Church, why am I telling you this? Because I want you to wake up. Because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. Because Judas was replaced. He was not only removed, he removed himself, but he was also replaced. Hmm. You think God changes? No. He doesn't. So we got to listen to this message and take it to heart and stop going, oh, I'm uncomfortable. Good. If you're uncomfortable, good. Because you know what? The Holy Spirit brings conviction. And when he brings conviction, it's for a reason. It's because he wants to give you more, but you're blocking it because there's a heart that's in the way that's not right. There's something that God's saying, I need you to repent of that thing. I need you to bring it before me. I need you to bring that attitude or that whatever, maybe you're doing something. Maybe it's the words that are coming out of your mouth. I need you to bring that before me because I love you too much to leave you the way you are. I want to bring you into more. But I can't because until I can trust you with more, I'm not. You're going to be stuck right where you are at. And you're not really just going to be stuck. Judas wasn't stuck. He was removed and he was replaced. And let me tell you, your blood's not going to be on my hands. That's why I come with these messages. When the spirit of the living God tells me I come because I know, I know, you know, when we first got saved, we went to a Baptist church. And let me tell you, we heard about this every single week from the pulpit. Repent and get it right. There was not a whole lot of grace. Repent and get it right. Repent and get it right. I heard it all the time. All the time. You know, and then we moved on to more charismatic and Pentecostal churches, and I barely ever heard it. I barely ever heard it. Wrong. It needs to be spoken. It needs to be spoken as the Holy Spirit directs. Absolutely. But it shouldn't be something that we wash over, kind of sugar-coated, and, and we don't want anybody to be uncomfortable. Why? It's because I was uncomfortable years ago that caused me to change. It's because I was uncomfortable and I allowed that, that feeling of being uncomfortable to bring me to my knees and say, Father, forgive me, I've sinned. Forgive me, Lord God. Can you do some, anything? Can you make something beautiful from this mess? And look at what God is doing, continues to do. He wants to make something beautiful out of your mess too, if you give him a chance. If you give him a chance. So important. So Psalm 51, 17 was one of my favorite scriptures when I was a very new scripture, or I mean uh, Christian. It was one of my favorite scriptures when I was a brand new Christian. Psalm 51, 17. And this is what it says. The Bible says that the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. The sacrifices of God. What are the sacrifices? What does God want from us? What? A broken, that means a heart that is not prideful. Broken unto him. A broken and a contrite. Contrite, again, repentant, humble. A heart that is contrite, humble, repentant. And he says, that kind of a heart. He says, I'm not going to despise. That kind of a heart. You want to find favor with God? You want to find God's open doors? A contrite heart. He's not going to despise. He's going to move in a heart that he can trust. Psalm 34, 18, 
The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, and he saves those that are contrite in spirit. Psalm 34, 18. Yeah, he's near to those who have a broken heart, and he saves those that are contrite. Thank you, Father. And 2 Samuel twenty two twenty. The Lord will deliver you because he delights in you, which means he's pleased in you. Who is he pleased with? One that's going to represent his heart well. When you represent his heart well, then he's pleased with you. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is so sensitive. Do you know how sensitive the Holy Spirit is? Do you know that you could start off on a worship service so in the glory realm, but then you could get into the flesh or a, or a few can get into the flesh and it can so quench the Spirit of God in that room like that. The Holy Spirit can be so quenched. I don't know about you, but I love the Holy Spirit. And I walk in sync with the Holy Spirit. And I don't want anything that I could control in my life to grieve him. And when, when I come to, to this church that God has called me to pastor and to be an apostle to this church, and not just this church, but the church that God is opening, there's a worldwide movement happening as well. It's not just even in, in this room. But I'll tell you what, I will not allow the Holy Spirit to be grieved because I would have to answer to be before God. Why did you not stop that? Why did you allow that? Why did you not heed? Does anybody know what I'm talking about in this room? God wants us to move in glorious signs and wonders, but there's a purity that has to come to pass. There's a purity in holiness. There's a purity. We don't do it in our own strength. Okay, in other words, it's not I'm going to strive to do it. It is a decision. But it's not our own strength. We realize that it is in the spirit of the living God. All things, all things. I can do all things through Christ. So it's as I yield to the Lord, he's going to help me do that very thing that he's called me to do, which is to walk in holiness, which is to walk in purity, which is to say no when something is not right, which is to warn the brethren when I see them going down the wrong path. Do you know that you're supposed to do the same in love? Don't just look the other way and go, oh, well, I don't know, it's their life, I don't care. Speak up in love, love speaks, right? Oh, Lord, thank you, Father. So if you're not walking in the blessing, listen to this, in every area of your life, if you're not walking in the blessing, because we have to evaluate our lives. So if you're not walking in the blessing in every area of your life, we need to repent. We need to ask God, where is their sin? Cast those demons out after you repent. Okay, cast those things and learn to live your life uh, in a way that does please him because the blessing always follows obedience. God's blessing always follows obedience. Now, there may be a lapse of time, but God's blessing always follows obedience. Amen? 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You don't need to beat yourself up. You don't need to sit there and for days on end, you know, be so down, so condemned, because now you are again giving the enemy access to your, your heart. And it's up to us to keep our heart. So that means in all ways, don't let the enemy have access to your heart. You repent, it's done. Get it, get rid of it. Get rid of it. God already knew. 
He already knew you were going to come. You came. You repented. Now get up and start praising. Get up and move on. Right? Amen? So that's, 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 uh, that was Judas. His heart. We know his end. See, that's not going to be my end. Quickly, I'm just going to mention Caleb. Caleb, his heart, or his name, can be translated wholehearted or single-minded. The name Caleb, one of the translations, is wholeheartedness and single-mindedness. Wholeheartedness. We're talking all about the heart. Letting your heart be whole. A healed person is a blessed person. You want those around you. You way know that people that are hurt are going to hurt other people, right? Their heart yet is not whole. There's pain. There are things that have happened that they still need the presence of God, repentance and healing and all of, all of that. But a whole heart, a whole heart is someone that is dedicated, someone that is, that is sincere, someone that is enthusiastically committed to the king. Amen. How many in this room want to be enthusiastically committed to the king? I think that's all of us. I really honestly believe that's probably just about every single person. We want to be enthusiastically committed. So Caleb, his name, wholehearted or single-mindedness, he chose to look at the provision. He chose to look at the provision and and keep his heart from betraying the promise from the Lord. He could have also looked at the giants, him and Joshua. They could have, but he looked at the provision. You could also look at the giants, but you have a choice in the matter. And because you're going to choose right, because you're going to live right, you're going to look at the provision, not the giants. If you see the giants, it's just to acknowledge that you must be somebody that God is going to use in a mighty powerful way because those giants are trying to oppose you. But you have victory over those giants. So if you're looking at them, it's only for you to know that's because God has done great things and expects more out of your life and not because you're going to be defeated. Amen? So Joshua 14, 10 and 11. This is what it says in Joshua 14, 10 and 11. He says, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet... He says, I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. He says, I'm 85 years old, but I am just as strong. He says, I'm just as strong this day as the day Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, he says, give me this mountain. He knew what was rightfully his. He knew that although he had to wait for a long time, he knew that it didn't matter that age that he was older because he was just as strong at that age than when he first set out. So what is this? It is a heart. We see this as a man that guarded his heart. We see this as a man that looked at the provision and there were giants around, but he chose to look at the provision and he chose to keep his heart right. And God is faithful. God says, when you say, Lord, you promised me that. I'm going to keep my heart right. And that which you promised, I know I'm going to walk in. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care if I'm 85 years old, but you're going to give me the fulfillment of that promise. Also be in full strength. You know, these people that go, oh, well, I'm 85. What do you expect? As you get old, you get worse. That is such a curse. You curse yourself when you say such things. You curse yourself when you say, well, when you get old, it's just an, it's a byproduct of getting old. You're just going to get sick. You're not going to have your health 
declines. How many of you have heard people say that? Lots, right? How many of you heard people in the church say that? Yeah, and it's, it's believed. It is believed. Well, let me tell you, not in this church, because that's not the blessing of God. The blessing of God. We just read it. We just read it here. Caleb, he says, here I am this day. I'm 85 years old. I am just as strong. But you know your words are what's going to get you to the other side. So if you're going to speak, well, you know, I'm, I'm, this, things are just horrible and I'm, my, my health is failing and my mother and my father had, you know, such and such disease and I'm going to get it too and I'm already seeing signs of it. You know, look, it's happening. Oh my goodness. I'm praying that it doesn't happen, but it's happening. Look, I see. No, you're not praying. You're fretting and you're, you're siding with the enemy. There's a difference between praying in faith and praying in fear. Don't pray in fear. Pray in faith, which means you pray the word, which means you look at what the word says and you stick to that. You say, Lord, this is what your word says. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that even as we get older, Father, I thank you that you're renewing our strength. I thank you, Lord God. It's like as the eagles, he is renewing your strength. So you got to know what it says and then you got to hear to what it says. So keeping your heart right is critical for you to walk in it. It's all about our heart. Everything that we do in life, it's all, it all boils down to your heart. What I have today is because of what I've invested my heart to be yesterday. What you have today is what you have allowed your heart to live in the yesterdays of your life. And what you're going to have, what you're going to walk in is the decisions you make today in your heart. How, will you love when it's easier to, to, to ignore or to hate or to, or to give off some hate? Would you love? Will you love? Will you turn the other cheek instead of fight, starting that fight? Would you instead choose to bless? Yes, absolutely. This is what it's about. We're going to guard our heart because everything we do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23, sickness, pain, financial lack. Financial lack. There should be no financial lack in the kingdom. There should be no financial lack in a, in a believer's life. Something is off. So you got you to ask the Lord. And it could just be a matter of spending. It could just be a matter of not having the right kind of a, you know, you're living outside of your means. Something is off though, right? So financial lack, division. I mean, you could go on and on and on. But we have to check the condition of our heart. We've got to let the spirit of the living God um, have his way. He is the healer. He is the healer. He's, he's the one that brings us forward. I'm going to ask you to stand up right now because we're going to pray really quick. You can't preach a message like this and then not give anybody an opportunity to get their heart right before God. And so right now, if the Holy Spirit has convicted you, I want you to ask God to forgive you. Father, right now, I ask you, I thank you, Lord God, for the word that you had me bring this evening. It's all about our heart. Father, search our hearts right now. Every single one of us, search our hearts, Father. See if there be any wicked way within us, because we are not here to play church. Never have been and never will be. Father, we just want, we want to be the church, which means one day we're going to stand before you. One day we're going to stand before your throne. And we don't, we don't want to have to, we don't want to have to try to give an excuse for something that we did because we won't be able to. It's too late at that point. So Father, right now, search our hearts. This may not be a matter of heaven and hell, but it is a matter of what kind of a life we're going to live. We're going to live in an abundance. We're going to live in joy. Are we going to walk in the fullness of destiny? 
Or we're going to shortchange ourselves because we didn't look at the heart repeatedly, consistently, and asked you to forgive us of our sins. So, Father, forgive us of our sins right now. Lord, for those that you are bringing to mind specific things, if God is bringing specific things to your mind, specifically repent of them. I'm not going to ask you to stand up here. I'm not going to ask you to, I mean, come up here. You can do so from your very seat. You can just, right where you're standing, but do business with God right now. Ask God to forgive you. If he brings up certain things, maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's a judgment you have towards somebody. Maybe it's a judgment. Maybe every time that person walks in the room, you can't stand looking their way. Man, you just go the other way. Maybe you don't even, you don't even want to look their way. You just pretend they're not there. You just go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm just not going to, but I'm going to play church. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clap my hands. I'm going to sing hallelujah over here. But there's someone in the back row that I do not want to look at and I do not want to say hi to. I mean, come on, if that's happening, repent. Because you're not fooling God. And you are shortchanging yourself. So, Father, forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. We repent, Father God. Lord, break our hearts for the things that, are, that do break your heart. Lord, give us, Lord God, clean hands and a pure heart, Lord, to, to serve you, Father. Make us aware of the things we're not aware of, oh God. Lord, I thank you that you are the light in the darkness, Father God. I thank you that you are, Lord God, the comforter and the protector. But right now we say, Lord, show us. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You said if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and you're just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I thank you, Father, for cleansing, cleansing right now. Thank you, Lord God, that as you're, you're cleansing our hearts right now, just as I read to them that scripture before, we will have total confidence to come before our God, our King. Our hearts will not condemn us and we'll have total confidence because we've asked you to cleanse us. Thank you, Father. And when we ask for forgiveness, we repent which means we're not going to go back into the same old, same old. We're turning. We're turning. We're making a decision. Today or tonight is a, as a moment for some of you to make a decision to change the way you're living. Not to go back to the pig slop, but instead to be the best you you can be, which means representing Christ. You're going to represent him well. We're going to represent Christ well. You know, Father, I'm just going to pray this. Father, next week is Thanksgiving, and, and some of us will be with family and friends. And for some, it's difficult, and, and for some, it can, bring, it can bring up all kinds of uncomfortable situations. For some, it could, bring, it could bring triggers and all sorts of things, things, areas in our heart that maybe are not fully healed. Father, prepare our hearts right now. This is what he's doing. He's doing this right now. He's preparing your heart so that you can enter in into that season, this next season, and yes, Thanksgiving, but fully aware and fully prepared. You're not going to take the bait again. You're not going to fall for the same trap again. You're not going to fall for the same sin again. Instead, you're recognizing God is washing you clean right now. He's washing the slate right now. He is saying, I am I have forgiven you, and I am making you aware of the areas that you once fell, maybe continued to fall, but no more. Because today we're making a decision. Father, we're going to turn from any wicked ways. Repent is to turn and to go the other way. So we're going to go the other way. Lord God, instead of responding in a way that would bring flesh into the, into the picture, we're going to respond in the spirit. We choose to respond in the spirit and now spear the living God. Help us 
to do that very thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. How many of you guys could just feel the Holy Spirit just cleansing you? Yeah? Amen. You may be seated. So heaven's outpouring. This is the last thing that I'm going to say about this. Heaven. Heaven's outpouring. There's an outpouring that God always, always wants to do. We love the outpouring of the Lord. Heaven's outpouring in your life is your calling. It's the calling of God for you to walk under the portal of God's outpouring. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Your hearts are not going to condemn you anymore, so you're going to actually expect for more now. You're going to expect for more now because you realize, oh, wow, all that junk was on me. I didn't even realize it, all that junk, but it's off now. It's off now. Now I can see more clearly. Now I actually can see more clearly. I can see that heaven's portal is actually my lot. I am to walk under an open heaven. You are to walk under an open heaven. So we're not going to let our heart block God's deepest intention for you. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Give God all the praise. Give God the glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God, that you love us enough to speak to us so that we could get things right when necessary. We thank you, Lord God. Lord God, I thank you that the end is going to be far, far, far better, far, far greater than the beginning, because that's the kind of God you, you are. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen.